Hi, with Ainsley Bullion, and this is the weekly wrap on this day, the 18th of November 2016. Australian dollars, gold is sitting at 16.41 and silver at $22.51, with the Aussie dollar at 74.1. So, this week saw the continuation of the strengthening US dollar reaching 13 and a half year highs and putting pressure on the US dollar gold spot price, but buffered out in part for us by the accompanying softening of the Aussie down a full two cents. The gold-silver ratio retreated back up to 73 as well as pressure eventually came to bear on silver too. After a big hit Friday night, gold tracked relatively sideways all week until last night, despite the strengthening US dollar as China fixed its yuan to an all-time low and people rightly started to question the fundamentals of a surging stock market based on hope of yet-to-be-detailed, funded and Congress-approved fiscal spending amid surging yields in a tanking bond market. As we reported today, some big names were amongst them, including Ray Dalio calling the top of the 30-year bond bull market, which of course means rising yields from here, and get Jeffrey Gunlack warning that Trump does not have a magic wand and that the Trump presidency will be a bumpy ride for stocks. Goldman Sachs also updated their economic policy uncertainty index, which saw it hit an all-time record high. Last night saw the bond route ramp up again to the extent that US Treasuries are now the most oversold since June 2007, just prior to the GFC. The week did see some better than expected economic data that will bolster the Fed's resolve to rate hikes, uh, hike rates in December, which already has spiked up to an almost certain and unheard of consensus 96% odds. Last night, the Fed's Chair Yellen gave her most hawkish speech yet, stating a rate hike could be appropriate relatively soon, which saw the US dollar hit new highs and gold down. Interestingly, shares still rallied on the news that used to see them tank. Firstly, US retail sales beat expectations in October, up 0.8% when versus 0.6% expected, seeing a year-over-year gains to 4.3%, its highest since November 2014. After that awful minus 6.8 slide in October, the Empire Fed survey for November saw a positive print for the first time in four months, up to 1.5 and well above the expected minus 2.5. That said, the labour market conditions remained weak, with both the number and average work week both declining markedly. The thing to watch going forward will be the housing market in the US. The rising yields from the bond market route has pushed mortgage rates up to the f- psychological breaking point of 4% on the popular 30-year fixed mortgage. Rates are up nearly half a percentage point since Trump was elected as mortgage rates loosely follow the 10-year Treasury bond yield. Right on cue, Wednesday night we saw MBA mortgage applications tumble 9.2% in just a week, accelerating that crash to 30% over just a few months and before the full effects of those rising yields are being felt. There was more of the typical bad news with the industrial production index flat when a rise of 0.2% was expected and down from last month's 0.1%. Likewise, manufacturing production index printed a 0.2 against 0.3 expected. That print means industrial, industrial production has fallen year over year for the 14th straight month. That is the longest period of contraction without a recession in 96 years and the biggest two-year decline in eight years. Clearly, Donald has a huge task ahead to revive the old heartland manufacturing sector, the focus of his attention. Last night, the Philadelphia Fed Index disappointed, printing 7.6 when 9.7 was expected, but it was a continuation of the stagflation signals we discussed last week that are more concerning, with the number of employees contracting yet again, now for the 10th straight month. The outlook for business printed a nine-month low, and prices paid the highest in over two years. 
when combined with the core CPI print of 2.1 last night, it's still above the Fed's target of 2%. Now for a year running, it paints a stagflation picture of rising inflation but low growth. Ramifications of the tanking bond market and sky-high US dollar are being felt all around the world. Foreign central banks continued their relentless liquidation of US treasuries, down by another $14 billion over the course of a week to $2.79 trillion, a new post-2012 low. Over the 12 months to the end of September, so before the broader market sell-off in bonds in November, offshore central bank sales of US Treasuries rose to an all-time high $374.7 billion. In other words, central banks are dumping US Treasuries at the fastest rate ever, even before the broader markets started selling them down when Trump actually got in. In Japan, we saw the five-year Japanese government bond yields spike to above their policy rates and 10-year JGB rising above zero yield for the first time since September, as it appears investors are dumping JGBs to get into cheap US Treasuries. Then yesterday, Bank of Japan appeared to step in as a buyer of short-dated bonds to stop the route and maintain their yield curve, which immediately saw the yen tumble. On the news, one, uh, one news outlet branded it all Japandemonium. And so to Europe, where not only is the bond market route being felt, but also the political ramifications of the Trump victory. The combination has seen Italian bonds collapse, not just because of the broader bond route, but exacerbated by the evidence that previously undecided voters for the 4th of December Italian referendum have been encouraged to vote no on the back of Trump legitimising the anti-establishment and anti-globalisation movement. A no sees Renzi forced to resign and opens the door for Italy voting to leave the EU. 32 polls of the 11 different pollsters since October 21 all have the no camp ahead, and generally by a widening margin. Likewise, the bookies with Ladbrokes estimating roughly a 75% probability of a win for no. The fear now too is that the that the exacerbated bond route will spread to Germany, which is already suffering. German economic growth, the backbone of the EU, slowed to its weakest pace in a year, last quarter at just 0.2%. Italy and France were only mildly better, and the whole EU printed a pathetic 0.3%. Over to China, and as I mentioned earlier, they devalued the yuan to a record low this week. RBS reported that should Trump indeed proceed with his 45% tariff on Chinese goods, it would cut Chinese exports by 11%, its trade surplus by 35%, and its GDP by a full 2%. That is a tantamount to war, and it comes as Trump has this week announced massive increases in defence spending, specifically around the Pacific, against Chinese incursion. That gold has weakened in this environment is nothing short of baffling. Just as I mentioned earlier, the central banks were selling US debt at a record rate. They continue to buy up on gold, adding 81.7 tonnes to their gold reserves in the third quarter, bringing total purchases in the year to date to 271.1 tonne. The World Gold Council also releasing their numbers for ETF holdings to the end of October, and for the 10th, month, 10th consecutive month, holdings grew, hitting 2,361 tonnes. After the price action over the last couple of weeks, you can be sure that a consecutive streak is over and the number will be much lower as the speculators flee from gold and into the everything is awesome, Trump's our president, what could possibly go wrong, share market. We'll catch you next week and remember, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world.